0: All right, Fern, we are officially on about a week of quarantining ourselves. How are you I old not quarant-
1: I am not quarantining myself.
0: You are you know, I saw something about Virginia this morning. I forget what it was, but it was really dumb. It was like people are dumb. I forget what it was.
1: I mean, was that unique to Virginia or was that?
0: Yeah, it was just like, oh, what was it? It was just people were doing some dumb. Oh, I think it was uh, college kids were running around like breathing on vegetables at the supermarket oh my god it's so stupid What were you one of them
1: uh a i'm not in college and b i don't go to the grocery store so we
0: we all know you wouldn't have had time during your division one basketball career to you know get out and breathe on vegetables but
1: nor was i eating vegetables in my college career
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe a bloody mary on a sunday morning so
1: vodka here and there
0: Let's talk about it. You know, we're obviously no experts. We're not professionals in this space, but let's, let's talk about the implications of the coronavirus in the CrossFit world. So you're one of the handful of states and, and areas where gyms are still open. It's pretty incredible.
1: So we're, we're, we're abiding by the state and federal guidelines, which is limiting 10 people to the gym. So a lot of people here have done things similar. Um, and I think we, and the, and, I, and I've preached this from the start, which is like, you know, use, use the appropriate amount of caution, you know, so avoid people that are sick. If you're sick, don't go outside, avoid people that are compromised, like all of those things, like be, be smart. Um, and you can practice social distancing within the gym if you're smart as well. So you may have to take a good hard look at like how you set the gym up, what you allow, but basically the rule here is 10 people. So we rearranged our entire schedule just this week. We switched to open gym, uh, because the classes were like pretty low. So, and I'm trying to maximize the, the number of people that we can get through the door in a day so that we can accommodate as many people as possible. So we went to open gym for, uh, 10 or 11 hours, I think is the, is the number. And we're doing 90 minute slots available. And we basically did the math and like, what would, what would allow 70% of the gym to come in? and train throughout the day. Cause we, we're, we're fortunate in where we can actually do 20 people because I can ha- I have a roll up door in the middle of, of our spaces where I can literally make two spaces where one space is not accessible to the other unless you go outside. So we split it down the middle. So we adjusted the class schedule, made everybody check in and are uh, making do, but we're also allowing people to check out equipment um, and gonna start doing some virtual classes and stuff uh, as well
0: do you think you're going to wind up getting shut down?
1: I don't know. One thing I'm, one thing I'm not doing about any of it is making any predictions, right? Like all, all I've been doing is, is looking at the numbers and, and like seeing where it's trending, you know? Uh, And I've, and I spend at least a portion of my day talking to a doctor, either locally here or somewhere else in the States, just to kind of see what their take is on it. So Um, I do a lot of reading, looking through different statistics, talking to doctors, getting their opinion, um, because I'm just trying to make an educated decision on what I should do now. And, you know, my standpoint is we'll stay open as long as I feel that it's safe based on what the government, the local government has mandated and what what are we looking at with regard to community spread. So that's why I stay super tuned in to the hospitals here locally. Um, because if, if that, if that happens, then I'll shut it down. But right now, you know, I think there's three, four deaths in the whole state of Virginia and like 200 and some odd cases. Um, and we still have a community to serve. So we put out some guidelines with regard to who can come to the gym and, and, and how long and, you know, tripled down on our cleaning protocols and what people should do and, you know, took, a, uh, took things out that would increase transmission. So we're taking all the precautions. Um, because, you know, I, I don't feel that based on where we are locally, and what's going on that a complete shutdown is necessary. Now, if I was living in New York, where there's 15,000 cases, that's a different story, we'd be shut down.
0: Well, I think one thing that people love about the Best Hour of Their Day podcast is how different you and I are on so many levels. I mean, you have long hair. I have short hair. You are not that fit. I am very fit.
1: You're Uh, really short, and I'm normal size.
0: (laughs) But I mean, and you and I have discussed this off air, but I think we disagree on a lot of this. And what's cool about it is you can listen to us talk and also listen to two people with opposing opinions not argue. You I mean meaning not raise their voices. Respect the other people's side of the story, and and still be friendly, and you know, and goof on each other throughout. Um, so I think that's cool. And and last thing about it is, I think it's. I, I hate to say it's gray because that kind of diminishes my stance on this, but there is gray to it for sure. And I don't think you're being, you know, irrational in what your decisions, and you're being. You're you're one of the few people on this planet that are like, hey cool uh, my favorite meme of all of this is <laughs> my favorite meme is it's something I'll, I'll butcher it a little bit it's like i'm really confused what to do you know the the most professional and smartest doctors in the world are saying this is smart but you know my my friend from high school uh you know is saying it's a government conspiracy <laughs> you know that's like my favorite part about all of this
1: yeah i think um i'm definitely Nothing I'm doing. I'm not doing anything flippantly. I'll, I'll tell you that. Like everything is very measured. It, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about it and, and calculating things and, and making extremely calculated decisions with regard to this. And I, what I, what I also think is worth noting is that I reserve the right to change my mind as things change. Right. So, and this is where I did feel bad. I did have a number of gyms reach out to me that basically closed their doors because they felt shamed by other gyms and other people. Um, you know, because I just had somebody message me the other day and they're just, you know, actually 10 minutes ago and they're like, I bet you'd feel different if you were living in New York. And I said, 100%, I would feel different if I was living in New York. You know, I think what's missed is that in any crisis, your proximity to that crisis determines how you feel. You know, for instance, there's a lot of people that don't give two shits about the guys that are rolling around in some really crappy places in Afghanistan. Because they're not close to it, you know, and they don't think about it on a daily basis. I, on the other hand, think about it all the time. I just had a friend who shot nine times there, lived, but, you know, so I think I'm not discounting the severity of it. But what's going on in, in our area and same where is like in, I don't know, St. Louis or somewhere, you know, austere in, in, with regards to population is not the same as what's happening in New York. I was looking at the numbers. Fifty percent of the cases in the United States come from New York. So yeah, if you're in New York, you should be worried. Fucking New Yorkers. Right. Um, so that that's one thing I do think. Like every like what's what's right at your gym, and that's the beauty. And I think people should again. We could take every almost everything that we take out of CrossFit and just apply it to like the other areas of our life. What's right for your gym as far as closing down is not necessarily right for another gym. It doesn't mean you're being careless. It doesn't mean you're being irresponsible. It means you're making a decision based on the information that you have currently. And if you, if that information changes, then you should change your mind if it lends itself to that. That's why I haven't told anybody to do anything in their gym. I am not telling anybody to close or open. I'm just saying, what's the deal? Like you make that decision based on the information you have, like talk to professionals, in your area like you know like I'm I'm fortunate we have numerous doctors that work in ER like one of the one of the head doctors of the ER locally is a member of mine I text her daily or she just texts me so it's not like I don't know what's going on like I'm I'm far more and we have a ton of nurses half of which are respiratory therapists so you know I'm fully aware of what's going on probably more so than most um and I'm just trying to navigate it the best I can um trying to take care of my community because we have, we have people that, that we need to take care of in order to keep them healthy and, and training. And we can do both. We can have people come in and do that safely, and we can help people train at home. So that's where
0: I'm at. So, so let's talk about the boxes that are doing the online course. I mean, what, what percentage would you say of boxes are shut down at this moment?
1: I'll be honest with you. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I, somebody just did tell me um, – Somebody just sent me something that boxes in China are opening back open uh, or opening back up. But uh, I I don't know. I would imagine it's a large percentage, but I couldn't even begin to guess. I I literally don't know. Uh, But let's just say it's a lot. Let's just say it's a, let's say it's 50 plus percent.
0: Yeah. I mean a huge percentage are closing. We had Nicola coin on the other day, really talking about some best practices. What are some things you think are necessary or things that you're already doing as you kind of partially shut down, I would call it, you know, and I, and I assume there are members of yours that are just like, hey, I'm not comfortable coming in. So what mm-hmm. are you doing at CrossFit Rife, and and what are some things you think boxes need to be doing around the world to protect themselves?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think a measured approach, meaning you can do you can go full board like you're going to shut the doors, and we can do that, and that that may be right for you. Mine is much more of a staggered approach with regard to the plan, meaning we kept the doors open, you know, because we had almost no cases in Virginia when this thing started. And then as things started to change a little bit, we started to pay a little bit more attention to the cleaning, you know, started to educate our members. And then we went to limited numbers in the classes and then we started lending out equipment. And then we went to open gym this week. And then probably midweek, depending on what goes on, I'll probably start giving away some of the bigger, items so for me it's it's a progressive transition always communicating and trying to provide value um and 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 kind of flexing as the scenario changes over time um you know because that's just the way i think this should be done you know but that's but that's me and i'm not telling anybody to do that and i'm not telling anybody to do anything else you know that's just based what i'm doing based currently what's going on here in our area now you know i I do think you should have all of those plans kind of teed up to some extent and figure out like which one, you know, I know a ton of people that are doing virtual classes. I know a ton of people that have switched to all online training for all of their members, you know? So, and I think you as a gym owner need to, to figure out which one of those models works for you. If you don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to switch everybody to online training, I One thing I think is misunderstood about that is like, that's just an easy transition and it's like super easy. If you have 200 members, that's 200 individualized programs that you need to be writing for those people. If you're going to switch to true online programming, that, that is not a small amount of time. You know, so and some people can't do that. Some people are not skilled in programming. So maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should just run virtual classes and figure out what that likes, what that looks like. Um, You know, I don't, I don't at all pretend to know the answers. I'm a thief, just like you are like take ideas that I think I can execute on. And I use those to the best of my ability.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think, you know, so many boxes have gone to that model and it seems to be going well. Do you think there's going to be a, do you think there's going to be a bigger impact after this is all done on the CrossFit affiliate model?
1: Sean and I were actually talking about this last night on over Slack, and um, so yes, so here's my here's my kind of forecast slash prediction for the CrossFit space. Nothing to do with Corona. There there will be some online training programs that will pop up out of this, so somebody's going to capitalize on that. But probably multiple people because nobody can have everybody. Um, I do think gyms that are going to try to anybody who any micro gym who's trying to switch completely to virtual classes, I think is stepping on a landmine. I just, I don't think that is going to last. Uh, A, I don't think people are good enough at it. I don't think they have the technical expertise um, and are not fully dialed in on like what all is involved in order to, to do that well. Like something like a Peloton, like something like that looks like that model. So anybody who's got this idea that you're gonna switch to this virtual model I think that's a bad idea. I think you should probably toy with that for 18 to 24 months before you think about going full Bora on that. And if you're going to do that, then you should probably close your brick and mortar and just do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that would be one of the lessons I'm learning from all this. I think, look, the CrossFit model will survive and people need and love the idea of community but can you create this virtual community which allows you to have a broader audience? I mean, you're no longer limited by your zip code and are people out there. I mean, I've been training literally in our extra bedroom here with three sets of dumbbells, three kettlebells and ab mats and parallettes. Like that's it. Are people going to say, Hey, I can do this at home, save myself $150 a month and, and also have more time, you know, it, but now, with that, the the obviously the the opposite or the flip of that is, you have to have, you have to bring your own motivation.
1: Yeah, I don't pretend. Again, I don't pretend to know the answer. I, I do think there are some people that would prefer to work out at home. Those people are probably already working out at home. The vast majority of the people that come in, it, it, so I'll speak from my gym. The people that come into my gym come into the gym because they want to come into the gym. They want to see the other people. They want to interact with the community. They want that social engagement will some people train at home for sure you know what what is lost though at home is the the coaching aspect anybody who says they can coach virtually on their movement real time i just i have a hard time believing that like i, I just i
0: agree with that not I mean,
1: so <laughs> that's a motivation, right? Be like, Hey, yeah, you're doing well. And it's all, and if you are doing it virtually, uh, it's, it's not real time. Like you sent me a video, I sent you feedback afterwards and then we, we go from there. So, uh, and that can work. I know some people that, you know, Judd Dean, who's been on the podcast does that successfully, you know, uh, Miranda and Julian from street parking, who's also been on the podcast. They have built an online community, so I, it can be done. But it's like everything else you know I think you you have to have a specific skill set in order to do that, and people that have not been building that virtual skill set, which is make no mistake, it is a skill set that you refine over time, um you know, like this podcast, you know, like you when we started, you were awful, you're mediocre <laughs> at the podcast now, so it's a slow it's a slow rolling thing um, so you know i Yeah, I definitely think it's going to happen, but I think anybody who's trying to make that shift, the other thing is like, I think people think there's no cost associated with it. That's not true. Not if you're going to do it well.
0: Yeah, it's certainly less than a brick and mortar, but I have a feeling you're going to go in the direction of, you know, not only do you need a Zoom account, but you should probably have a good mic. You know, you should probably, uh, you know, probably have a good setup where you're going to be so you're not just... You know, in your closet, like I've recorded many of these episodes, what else would you say are some of those costs people are overlooking
1: I mean, depending on how savvy you are with kind of any sort of audio visual, you may have to pay somebody to do that, and we all know that's not cheap you know it, it, it so it kind of depends on but if you're if you're, if that's going to be your model, let's assume that there's going to be substantial technical costs associated with that I, I don't think anybody's going to crush it just putting up a live zoom account. Like I just, I don't see that happening. You know, it's going to be probably significant post work. Uh, I forget, I think Stu Brower was posting something about this, um, that I saw that I agreed with that, you know, you can do live zoom classes or you can do something to the tune of what CrossFit was doing a while back when they were basically doing like truncated videos of the workout. You know, it'd be, it'd be like a five-minute video of Dan Bailey or somebody doing the WAD, but it wasn't the full workout. It was just kind of like different snippets of the workout. So I think there's a lot of different variations of this that you could do. But again, I mean, I started diving back into doing some stuff the other day, and I mean, video editing is a time suck. I mean, if you're going to do a four to five-minute video well, it's not just 30 minutes. You know, A, you have to have somebody who knows what the hell they're doing with a camera. And then B, you have to have somebody who knows what they're doing with either Adobe Pro or iMovie or Final Cut Pro or whatever one of the and then all the editing involved with that. Um and if you're gonna again, once you dive down that rabbit hole, like that's money. Like all those things cost money if you're gonna if you're gonna buy the software associated with like making good video that have good cuts, that have good graphics that have all that ability for you to do um like like the stuff on the crossfit uh, like movement videos. You know, people don't know that like hey that movement video that you did in there what has the little line I think it's called uh call out pop up or something call out pop or something like that where it has like a the little line that points to somebody's so and so's feet and it like moves and then it brings over like that stuff costs money and then you have to know how to do that. So all that nerdy crap, which I have great respect for is a money but then b you have to learn how to use it it's like just because i give you a barbell doesn't mean you can snatch
0: yeah i mean like anything there's there's definitely things that you're going to have to grow in time no different than a box owner you you start because you enjoy coaching fitness you enjoy helping others and it's like well now i need to hone my craft of coaching now i need to learn how to you know make a wordpress account now i need to know how to you know do some social media marketing what are some other businesses that you think might change though because of this I think I was go ahead. I just think in general it's people are gonna I think you and I talked about this yesterday it's like people are gonna realize hey we can work from home
1: that's where I was gonna go with this so I think any gym owner who does not have in their 36 to 60 month plan business plan to purchase real estate you need to put that in your business plan because what I, what I definitely think is there's a lot of businesses, particularly in commercial real estate who are going to realize who basically and the gyms are a little bit different because that's storage t- generally, but there's a lot of commercial real estate that's going to get empty here pretty soon because the, like businesses realize most people can telework will probably be more productive by teleworking and commercial real estate is going to, I think is going to get real empty. Cause I was talking to uh, another member of mine who's been here for like seven years who does real estate. And she's like, man, I don't think this is good for commercial real estate, which is great if you're in the market to buy in the next three to five years.
0: Yeah. I think the big misconception from employers is if we go to virtual work, they're not going to know what their employees are doing or they're going to be, more lax, and I think it's quite the opposite. First of all, there are definitely things that are out there currently where you can be virtual, but but make them check in or make them visible the entire day. You know, I forget like some of the websites that are out there, but basically like Zoom where, hey, you have to be on. So it's not that, but employers are going to be, or I'm sorry, employees are going to be more comfortable. They're going to have more time because they don't have to, you know, necessarily get showered and dressed before they start i mean maybe they want to keep that routine but they don't have to drive to work they don't have to commute they don't have to necessarily pay for gas for parking for all those things and you know and and, and i think big picture what we're learning is human beings are disgusting and we're not going to want to be near each other <laughs>
1: that's definitely true the, the other thing that i think is interesting about the virtual you know slash telework is there's this misconception that if you're in the office you're productive And then what happens is, anybody who's ever done this, anybody, and I think this is where you're going, anybody who's ever done this, the people that are not productive, when you move to telework, it becomes painfully obvious that they are useless, because this, you remove that scene from the office, you know, or it's just like, you just walk around holding some papers and everybody thinks you're busy. But when everybody works virtually, you can pretty much only base people's evaluation on their productivity and when it's done virtually either you finished the product or you did not like that's the only thing you get to uh, i get to evaluate you on which is you know which is why virtual assistants have become such a big thing over the past 10 years and i think that really kind of was a boom after tim ferris wrote the four-hour work week because he really pushed the va world um another uh if you've never wor- uh, read the book a year without pants it's uh it's about wordpress And that company is entirely virtual. Like they do not have an office and they have people that work all over the world and they, and they work via chats and all these other chat rooms, stuff like it's crazy, but you can't work there unless you're productive because people can track your progress and like how many jobs you got done and did all those things. And I think it's the same thing for a lot of these, a lot of these scenarios when people are, you know, businesses realize they can cut overhead and, and bump up their, their profit margins when they realize I don't need a 15,000 square foot office. Like most of these people can work from home. I need a 1500 square foot office where the boss can go to work and manage some things, you know, and then everybody else can just be productive from home. And,
0: And if you do want to have a meeting every so often in person, you can rent a space that's significantly cheaper than a monthly fee. You know, the analogy I've heard made before, at CrossFit seminars, Chris Russell, when he would do the programming lecture, this is how he would help people understand task priority versus time priority. And he was like, most of us are at work uh, time priority. Hey, you're going to be here from nine to five. Yeah, I'm going to
1: stretch that work out as long as I we, need to.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> we game it, right? We're time, you know, if if your boss was like, hey, three, two, one, go. When you're done working, you know, when you're done with this twenty-one fifty-nine, you can go home. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to get that shit done as fast as possible, clean up my equipment and get the hell out of here. And I think that's kind of a great analogy.
1: We in in the Navy, they have uh, it, some ships do this, and, but a lot won't do it because it's so counter to the culture. You know, the culture is be at work at 6am, leave at 4pm, because that's just what you should do. Meanwhile, nobody does anything for that full work day. You know, everybody just kind of walking around sweeping things and, you know, walking quickly to make themselves look busy Uh, but uh, at a couple of my commands I had the leeway to have full control of the schedule so we implemented what's called tropical hours because kind of how they do it in Hawaii because everybody wants to enjoy being in Hawaii so they would operate on a system where like they would come in at six but they would leave at one and a lot of people that I knew implemented this were far more productive. They would get more work done in less time because the incentive was to go home and have more of my own free time. So people were incentivized to get get shit done versus just be here and look busy. You know, I always joke that like, you know, most people in the military have, and again, anybody who's going to get butthurt about this, like there's some truth to this. And I spent almost 20 years in the military machine a full work week in the military can be done in about four hours. (laughs) Like realistically, like you have about four hours of like hard work. The rest of it is spent going to meetings about meetings and having recap meetings about both of those meetings and then telling the people that work for you what happened in the meeting. Like, I mean, that's, that's generally how it goes. That's not everybody. There are some, you know, if you're, if you're supporting planes that are flying and stuff like that, that's a little bit different, but the vast majority of it, not super productive waiting around for things to happen so that we can react uh which is a lot of the workplace you can wait around and react
0: at home yeah i i just think you know for anyone listening we're talking about kind of a work week but whether you're a box owner or just your life's activities you know, I, I highly recommend reading the four-hour work week it was very eye-opening and just the idea of like We're getting all these notifications all day that keep us busy where if you just batch them into 20 minutes morning and night, you realize, wow, I don't need to be on my email all day or I don't need to be on social media all day. So for so many of us, I think, you know, obviously this is a struggle and this is a stressful time, but we can learn a lot from it and come out better on the other side. You know, I think...
1: I think the people that will be best served by this is people who come up with some degree of a, of a hybrid model where they offer both of those so that you can maximize both opportunities, like training people that want to be trained virtually that maybe come in periodically, but also train people that come in on a daily basis, you know? So I, I do think, you know, just like I was stating before is like use as much of it as you think you can execute on, you know, but if you're not somebody who's disciplined with your time, then quite frankly like teleworking or working from home is probably not for you because then you'll just waste more time being at home. You know, it also depends on what home looks like for you. I was trying to send an email that had a whopping three sentences in it yesterday that took me 45 minutes because my son is a crazy person and just yesterday learned to climb on the couch, you know, so that was just complete anarchy while I'm trying to send one email that is like not even that important, so if if your workspace is a disaster like that, you know, where basically my life is, my son's putting himself his life in danger every 15 seconds because he wants to climb on something or stick something somewhere, then yeah, maybe you shouldn't work from home.
0: You know, you know. Speaking of that, it, it's true. I, I think Roz, for example, is waking me up every morning, and most mornings I'm already up, but she's like, "We got to hit the workout right away," and I'm like uh i've literally got 8 hours to sit on my couch the rest of the day like could i do it at noon maybe <laughs> and it's just like no we need order we need routine we need you know to be regimented and yeah so many people are going to find like if we don't create that you know like jocko says discipline equals freedom it just becomes a a free for all
1: there i learned this when i left the navy because i was i was doing a virtual job essentially uh while i was doing it and I went the opposite direction. I thought I had unlimited time. So I put everything into the day and I was double booked and overbooked and and just doing too much until I realized, oh, I need to treat, I need to have somewhere, whether it's at home or somewhere else that is an office where I go and like I kind of start my work day. So I do have an office at the house that I work in there. I typically, I'm always working in some form, you know, via email or, or content creation or something well before I ever get to the gym. So I'll get up and I'll do work prior to the little booger eaters waking up. And then I do dad life for a little bit. And then I come to the gym and I resume working some more, um, you know, and then, you know, and then I think what a lot of people are probably finding is that, you know, busy doesn't equal productive. I think, I think, where did I hear this?
0: I As for say me, was, probably. I probably, probably not. Said, yeah. You've
1: never said anything profound in your life. No, I think it was, I was listening to a, a Denzel Washington uh, speech and something he was talking about like what his mom what it's like some stuff that his mom told him and she goes you know movement doesn't equal productivity She she's you can you can run on you can run in place all day you're not going anywhere you know so yeah
0: I, t- I mean I do think it was like a Tim Ferriss quote it was something that I clung to is you know are you being busy or are you being productive I think that's yeah. a question I used to have them on a sticky note on my desktop and then the other one was what's the one thing you could be working on right now that will have the most profound effect on anything you're doing. And I think if you kind of look at those two things, cause then you're like, okay, am I being busy or productive? I'm being busy. So what's one thing I should be working on? And then just chip away. You know, people think, you know, you, you just throw up a podcast and all of a sudden you're at 200 episodes later, like we are, but you know, it's a daily grind and you you and I are constantly chasing after new guests and constantly you know, brainstorming ideas of what to talk about and always on the phone. I mean, so it it you know, now is the time to start something new, but at the same time, make sure you're being productive.
1: Yeah, make sure you're being productive. Again, I also think you should choose what I think now is there's gonna be a lot of shiny object syndrome going on. Everybody's gonna start chasing all sorts of stuff thinking that there's a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. And I don't I don't think that's wise. I think everybody should be doing a hard revamp on their business and saying, how can I improve what we were doing before when I get back to that? Because the reality is all those gyms that are closed, you do have a ton of time. You know, if you're running one to two virtual classes a day, that means you have an additional eight hours to, to get stuff done. So if you're not looking at revamping your sales process or your SOPs or how you do social media or any of that stuff, that's what you should be doing right now like if if you come out of this and have not done anything to improve your business, quite frankly, like you squandered some downtime that you're probably never going to have again. you know, so it's not all negative like I, I definitely would opt to have it done another way, you know other than coronavirus, but there is some silver lining here, which is those gym owners who are buried under coaching a ton of classes, don't have time to do the administrative work now have you know, depending on where you're at weeks on end to get it done. So you should be putting some of those things in place and figuring out how to optimize so that you can come out on the back of this and, and, and be more productive. You know, I'm, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm stripping my whole business down to the studs and, and redoing a lot of things, which feels busy, but will be productive in three to four months.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, obviously there's a lot of hidden kind of work going on behind the scenes. Even if you're not coaching, you probably have some obligations and you're, in communication with your coaching staff and maybe like some of the advice we've given out is calling your members and getting in touch with them. But yeah, this is your opportunity to do all of those projects that you've you put off because you are coaching so much or because you are too busy. I, I agree with you. It's, you should be thinking about what can I do now? So when this whole thing is beyond us, which it eventually will be, how am I more successful? How did I come out better on the other side?
1: What about you? What, what do you see? What do you think is going to happen?
0: I think we're going to all lose our minds for another. I think we're going to probably be self quarantined or self isolated and social distancing a little longer than any of us want. You know, I'd say it's going to be, what are we at March end of March, I would guess we're not coming out of this till end of April earliest, you know, so another month of this. So there's going to be a lot of um, divorce. Going on. <laughs> some, you know, some spousal murders. We're gonna get a whole bunch of Netflix documentaries after this on people that killed their spouse. Right. Um, but but no, I think you know, we're we're gonna
1: speaking of documentaries, fittest comes out tomorrow because they got the appropriate number of pre-orders. So go watch it.
0: Oh, does it come? I was wondering about that. So, you know, and those are twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Talking about businesses that are really adapting and overcoming the movie industry, right? We've Roz and I have watched a movie every day since we've been on quarantine. So we're finding time to just lay on the couch, chill out together. And we're finding these movies that were coming into the movie theater that are being released on Amazon or you know iTunes and all those. So every industry is figuring out what they can do. And again, I think long term, the ramifications of that are going to be like, well, I don't want to go to the movies sit next to that dude that's hacking into his you know buttery popcorn. I want to watch this at home. Um, and then other things Roz and I are doing, we downloaded Scrabble on the iPad so we're you know playing scrabble trying to keep the mind sharp but yeah I think hopefully we're going to come out of this and it's going to be even the day they're like all right we no longer be in, need to be in this self isolation we're going to all be kind of tiptoeing around like even now I try to go outside for at least an hour a day and walk and I'm just as wary as the person walking towards me as they are you know about me and like we keep that distance and is that going to change at some point are we going to get over that i mean i know at some point I'm going to head back to the gym or the jiu-jitsu mats and, you know, get sweaty with some dude, but that's a unique situation for most people. When are they going to get that confidence back? And I can be around other humans.
1: I don't think it's going to take that long. I just, I think, I think humans are social creatures. Most of them, you know, who are not weird like you and antisocial, but I think that it's, I think there's a lot of people who cannot wait to get out of the house. You know, I, here's what I think. I think, I, and I could be wrong. I hope I'm not, but I could be wrong. I think P, I think gyms are going to see an uptick in uptick in membership when this comes out because people are going to be like, Oh my God, the, what they're going to come to the realization is if I'm sick, getting sick is worse. I probably should get my life together and people aren't working. So they have a lot of time to contemplate, contemplate their life choices. And they're going to be yearning for some sort of social interaction. They'll be like, you know what, I'm going to join a gym. Like, why not? Like, what, like, Let me get both of those in one shot, right? I get social interaction and I get to be healthier so that I can survive the next whatever virus, you know?
0: I hope so. And I, and I think you're right. I think, you know, there's going to be this probably period of caution, you know, a week, maybe two weeks of people going back out, grocery shopping, doing, you know, going to the the movies, going to restaurants, but yeah, hopefully after that, I mean, I think any pandemic like this has the ability to destroy the nation, but also, Potentially, it's like a flower. You know, there's some analogy hidden in there.
1: Yeah, you didn't do a good job with that, but that's okay. The um, you you, you can imagine. I've I've come to expect that from you.
0: You can imagine where I'm trying to go with that.
1: No, I definitely think there's going to be some silver lining. There will be some new fitness models that pop out of this. I think a lot of people, the majority, are going to swing and miss at this, and and I think even more people will have probably squandered an opportunity opportunity to improve their business because I was listening what was I listening to. Oh yeah, I was listening to um Andy Stump on Joe Rogan the other day and he's talking about the idea it's of always, like, keeping your in your world it's, small.
0: You it's know? always funny listening to Andy stump on Rogan because yeah. he's the person I'm like, I know him. Like we're not friends, but I've interacted with him quite a bit over the years. And it's weird to see him on Rogan. But yeah, I I, I actually Go ahead, I'll let you kind of talk about it. But I, I listened to him and it was really great.
1: No, it was a fantastic uh, podcast. And he was talking about, you know, generally successful people are the ones who have the ability to keep their world small, which is this idea of your uh, cone of concern or your, or your circle of concern versus your circle of influence. You know, and there's a lot of people right now who are spending a lot of time on their, that circle of concern, which is things you don't have control over versus spending more time on their circle of influence, which is your business, your members, you know, teeing up this opportunity that allows you to bounce out of this, you know, on the uptick. And um, you know, that's that's a massive mistake and and we'll see. You know, and unfortunately I there will be businesses that go out of business in this time frame. I hope to God it's not me. I don't think it will be, but we don't know. I mean, it all depends on how long this lasts and what the repercussions of that are. So um You know, there's a lot of different scenarios out there. A lot of, and everybody should be looking into everything. You should, you should be, you should be taste testing all of those ideas to some degree, whether it's moving all of your clients into online training or maybe doing more personal training because one-on-one interaction, you know, I can still, I can still do social distancing and and do one-on-one, you know, with a, with a little screening to see if this person has symptoms and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of different ideas out there. You have to figure out which one you think falls within your skill set, and then executing on that one.
0: Yeah. And so many people, obviously, you know, we're, we're concerned about spreading the disease. We're concerned about getting ourselves. And a lot of people are concerned about the economy, but I think what you said is kind of true. Like a, a lot of our friends are in this market and this, this ecosystem, and we really hope and wish the best for them. And I'm pretty sure they'll all come out. Okay. On the other side, but the the opposite of all this is businesses will fail, but new ones will sprout up also, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and whether it's this virtual coaching space or whether it's just, hey, there's, these are some new products we've invented to keep you healthy, to stop a future pandemic, you know, like anything, we're going to adapt and overcome. And, and I was talking to Roz about it. And I was just saying something like, hey, we're all panicking, but we're also all going to make it, you know, like the world has been through worse. There's been, you know, far worse disease when we had less medicine, when we didn't have this ability to interact virtually, when we didn't have this ability to work from home virtually. It's the same, it's the same statement I give to, you know, we all have had friends that had a bad breakup and they're like, oh my God, I'm never gonna meet Mr. Right. I'm never gonna meet Mrs. Right. And and I always say to them, like, you're 30 years old. Every time you've broken up with someone, You've met someone better. So why all of a sudden do you think this trend is going to break and you're going to be miserable and alone for the rest of your life? And it's the same thing here. Like we've proven, be it, you know, Ebola, polio, the great depression, all of these things, we move forward, we march forward. Like, despite me having to deal with you every day, I know at some point it's going to be worth it. Like I'm going to march forward. I'm going to overcome. This is the hard, you know, this is my, this is my coronavirus, really me interacting with you every day.
1: I mean, I get that it's defeating being second place all the time. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to understand that like you have so far to go to be, to be good at something. That's why I think this works because, you know, I pull you along and I get to ment- mentor you. And then you realize that you're really not that good. At anything mentor. And, <laughs> like, yeah. and uh, yeah, so no, I, I, you know, I, I think you know, whether you like it or not, it's sometimes you just have to look at scenarios as a forcing function. And this is definitely a forcing function for a lot of people in a lot of different aspects. So analyze it. What is that forcing function for you? You know, is it revamping administratively how you do your business? Is it adding an additional revenue stream to your business? Is it revamping how you do social media and how you communicate? You know, what is the forcing function? I, and I think that's the big takeaway is like, what is it that you're going to get out of this? Cause it's not all going to be bad for some people. It probably will be all bad, you know, but then again, like, is it, you know, do you, did you, does your gym shut down? And then do you maybe find out that maybe you weren't cut out for entrepreneurship and maybe that's a good thing as painful as it might be. You might find it like, Hey, I was, I was not made for this. You know, we all know that entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. It's a lot of sleepless nights, high stress, you know, high risk. Uh, and maybe that passion drug you into it when you shouldn't be there but maybe you adapt and you figure out it is for you because you are quick on your feet and you can you know adapt very quickly and all that stuff so yeah i mean there's a lot of different scenarios but i think there now's the time to be a little bit introspective and and start asking yourself a lot of questions
0: speaking of questions i got two great statements not really questions to, to wrap up this show
1: terrible but, segue but that's all right
0: well one of them is kind of a question for you it's a personal question okay. about me
1: all right i can't wait to answer this
0: i'm considering shaving my beard during this pandemic just because it's getting scraggly and like i can't get my hair cut what should i do
1: i need to sit on this for a second all right, can we you- do can we do one of those we should do one of those I bet there's an app for this, like not like the face swap thing, but where you could put it up to your face and see what you would look like.
0: I know what I look like, Fern. It's not been that long.
1: When was the last time you were without a beard?
0: Not more than two years ago. like it's not been like I had plenty of time as an adult with no you've beard.
1: aged a lot in two years though. I mean, you look significantly older and worn <laughs> well,
0: out. We're yeah. dealing with a freaking national <laughs> crisis. Yeah. Um, but then my other statement was going to be like, look, a lot of people like you're saying is, Hey, how do we turn this, you know, lemons into lemonade? What are we doing here? at Best hour of their day? Well, we're getting some amazing guests. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a lot more time for us to reach out with, for, to people, you know, like um, we won't talk about some of the ones we just lined up, but, yeah, I mean, the next two weeks is going to be packed with some some legit names because we took advantage. We're like, hey, everybody's sitting at home. Like, let's take advantage of that, you know? Yeah, I
0: mean, this episode's out. Wednesday, this week alone, we had Mark Bell and Pat Sherwood. I mean, Mark Bell, a legend, you know, in so many fields, and Pat Sherwood, a, certainly a legend in the CrossFit world. So those yep. are two of our... Best interviews and, and amazing guests, and I'll give a couple of spoilers because I have heard back from a couple of people. We're having Matt O'Keefe on in a in a very future near future episode, who you know runs the uh, loud and live events. And Jason Layden has has gotten be gotten back to me as well, coach of many games athletes, uh, owner of CrossFit Milford. So he'll fill us in on some of those other things that are going on in in his affiliate space. But lots of great episodes coming, and we also want to take this opportunity to record more episodes, just the two of us. So if you have questions for us, now's the time to send them in. Uh, email us best hour of their day at Gmail or DM us on our Instagram. I prefer email just because I can uh, star it and hold on to it. But let me tell you something. We get a lot of emails and some of you guys are, are writing us books. Like I have to read an entire book to get to your question. I'm going to tell you this, the more concise And the faster you get to your question, the more likely it is to appear on this episode. And I'm not knocking. There's like, I have about five emails sitting in the inbox for like three weeks. Cause I open them and I'm just like, I can't fucking read this.
1: That's why I let you manage the inbox. But if you guys want to text us, if you guys want to text, us, I'm going to give you guys Jay's phone number. So it's 518.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'd rather that just because, you know, text, you get a quick, you get a, you know, get to the point. But, Hey, I'm not knocking you guys, but if you've sent me a really long email, it's sitting in my inbox. So here's what a here's what a nice email would be like. Hey Jay, hey Fern. We love the podcast. Obviously we're bigger fans of Ackerman than Fern. Here's our question. That's that's how you get your question on the show.
1: If you guys if you guys get a good response in our DM, it's from me. Yeah. Yeah. Fern? If it sounds like if it, if somebody took the time to respond to your DM and Instagram, that was one thousand percent from me.
0: Yeah, if you get a gif of like something from the office, like Michael Scott saying that that's what she said, that's from me. (laughs) All right, Fern, I'll let you get back to the office. I know you're sitting there. You got a lot to do across the Rife and I got a lot to do. So have a great rest of your day and uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys and we hope you enjoy all these great interviews that we have lined up. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day. When it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on, coaching development, and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again until the next episode. We hope you've had the best hour of your day.